following audio is from St Nick's Durham. As a church, we exist to love God, love people and love Durham. We hope that this sermon will serve you well as a supplement to your regular Bible reading, prayer and participation in your local church. For more information about St Nick's Durham, directions or resources, please visit stnicks.org.uk. Isaiah 63, um, uh, chapter, verse 7, uh, and it's to be found on page 751 in the Church Bibles. I will tell of the kindness of the Lord, the deeds for which he is to be praised, according to all the Lord has done for us, yes, the many good things he has done for Israel. According to his compassion and many kindnesses, he said, Surely they are my people, children who will be true to me. And so he became their saviour. In all their distress, he too was distressed. And the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and mercy, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. Second reading is from Matthew uh, chapter 2, starting at verse 13, and this can be found on page 996. Sorry, 966. They escaped to Egypt. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you. For Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up and took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod Herod realized he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what he said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. After Herod died... An angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So he took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So it was fulfilled what had been said through the prophets, that he would be called a Nazarene. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Let us pray. King of heaven, you have seen the misery of your people. 
You have heard our cry. You know our sufferings, and you have come down to deliver us. By your love and in your pity, you have redeemed us. Lift us up, Lord, and carry us into the land filled with milk and honey. Open our ears that we may hear your word. Open our eyes, let us see. Let me start by saying, Happy Christmas. <laughs> I hope uh, you've all had a wonderful, blessed Christmas. And uh, um, I had a wonderful time. My mother-in-law was with us, and we were able to get out and about uh, with the family quite a bit. And it was very nice to be here with you all on Christmas Day. Um, but uh, on Friday, it was a feast dedicated to the martyrdom of the Holy Innocents. And today, uh, this first Sunday of Christmas, our readings include Herod's murder of these children. A story which is made even more poignant today uh, because of the recent events in Nigeria on Christmas Day. So with that said, I'm also keenly aware that for many of us, we may have personally had a very difficult experience of Christmas season. Perhaps this has been a very lonely time for you. Perhaps this Christmas was the first after a loss of a loved one. Uh, perhaps uh, a recent unwanted diagnosis in the family. Whatever it may have been, Christmas may have been a time of celebration for some, but for others, uh, it may have been a time of pain. But be encouraged. God is with us in our celebration and in our grief as well. Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus, the King of Heaven, is God's loving response to us. God sees us, and he doesn't abandon us in our distress. So where are we in the story so far? Hallelujah! The child is born. Christmas Day. Mary and Joseph had made it, and hallelujah, a son is given. That first night, the shepherds, they came, speaking tales of angels and hosts and glory of God. And then sometime later... Three wise men from the east came to bring gifts and pay homage to this child born, perhaps surprised to find him in the stable. And our gospel reading today, Matthew chapter 2, uh, begins right after these wise men have just left. And now all the relief and the euphoria of the last days is ended, and they have to move on again, this time to flee for their lives. When the wise men came from the east, they stopped in the capital city. Jerusalem, where one might have expected a king to have been born. They inquired after him at the palace and were even met by King Herod himself. He was just as interested to hear uh, of the news of a newborn king, interested to hear of the star and the prophecies. So an angel of God came to Joseph in a dream. In verse 13, Get up, take the child, and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. So in the middle of the night, trusting in God, they packed up all that they had, and they left to become refugees in Africa. And the wise men, they had also received a dream, warning them not to return the same way to Herod. So they went another route, and Herod was Furious. He thought he had been tricked. 
And somewhere out there was a child who was destined to be king. In verse 16, Herod sent and killed all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old or under. These innocents, these little children, are to be the first martyrs of Christ. That Herod could do such a thing is consistent with what history says about him. He could be a monster. His ruthlessness knew no bounds. For example, uh, the historian Josephus records that at the time of his own death, crazy old Herod had ordered his, his, uh, his followers, uh, had ordered his, his servants uh, to murder a member of every family so at least there would be mourning at the time of his death. But thankfully, after Herod died, his servants didn't do this. They didn't carry out his orders, and the Holy Family, they'd continue to dwell safely in Egypt until it was safe to return to Israel after Herod's passing. Likely, they were there for years. They were established, they had a life, maybe friends, and then one day, Joseph had another dream, and they were called out of Egypt and back to Israel to dwell in the little backwater village in Nazareth. So on the surface, these events are pretty incredible. The destined Messiah is born, light in the darkness. The powers of evil playing the political game, trying to snuff out the little flame whilst it is still small. A flight in the night, the murder of innocence. And it sounds like the introduction to quite an incredible story, doesn't it? Um, continue to come Sunday after Sunday uh, for the next year or so, and uh, you'll hear how that story continues. And uh, Spoiler, actually, we're still part of that story today. What we see in our reading today is a motif that will again and again show up in Matthew's gospel. The battle between good and evil, light and darkness. The wise men are here contrasted with King Herod. The wise men have come to pay homage to Jesus, while Herod, in opposition to God himself, sought to destroy Jesus. The message of the gospel demands a decision and necessitates a division between those who would accept and reject the good news. But these events, as incredible as they may be, they're also difficult, perhaps, to understand at first glance. Matthew, as he writes his gospel, is saying something a little bit more subtle. We might miss is that the life of Jesus is paralleling the story of Israel. As described in the book of Genesis thousands of years earlier, Jacob, named Israel, and his family were sent up to Egypt by divine providence. Now Jesus is sent to Egypt by divine providence. Just as described in the book of Exodus, Pharaoh murdered little children. Well, so does Herod. And just as Israel had been called out of Egypt for their salvation, so Jesus was called back for the salvation of all. So Jesus has come to usher in a new Exodus. What we are seeing is that Herod is a type of Pharaoh. And that Jesus is a type of Moses. Jesus is the new Moses. He is the fulfillment of all that Moses is pointing to. Where Moses had come to save Israel from the slavery of Pharaoh and to bring them into the freedom of worshiping God rightly, 
Jesus has come to free us. Free us from slavery of our true enemy of sin and death. That we might find our true freedom in knowing and worshiping God. So hear the words of Exodus chapter 3, paraphrased. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him, appeared to Moses in a flame of fire out of the bush. And he looked and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings and have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And I will be with you. Human experience throughout our existence is pockmarked by suffering. Just four days ago on Christmas Day in Nigeria, 11 of our brothers in Christ became martyrs of Christ when they were beheaded by ISIS members. These 11, like so many others, they died for their faith. And I don't pretend to understand evil. In fact, by definition, nobody can. Evil is privation. It's a, it's a taking away, an unbecoming, a twisting, a corruption. It's an abyss. It is ununderstandable. And yet, God is not indifferent. He sees us in our suffering. He has heard our cry, and he knows our struggles. God's response to us is this, the king of heaven born in a stable. In the words of the prophet Isaiah, it was no messenger or angel that was sent, but his very presence that saves us. Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus, the king of heaven, is God's response. You see, Jesus Christ, the only son of God, God from God, light from light, of one being with the Father, for us and for our salvation came down from heaven. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate of the Virgin Mary and was made man. God has heard our cry. God has seen our suffering. He is not indifferent. God's response to us is Jesus, the King of heaven himself. He comes and tabernacles with us. He dwells with us. Emmanuel. God's response is to enter into our humanity, to enter into our flesh. This is the meaning of the word incarnation. God, the creator of all things, becomes a creature out of his love. This enfleshment of God is the key to our Christianity. God becomes one of us. It is like the center of a rose window. Everything else is related to it. Like I said before, we cannot understand evil. But if asked, where is God in all of this? We can rightly say, because of the good news of his incarnation, his life, his death, his resurrection and ascension, that he is right in the center of it all. He is Emmanuel. This exodus as led by Jesus is an exodus from darkness into light. God 
in Jesus enters into our humanity in order to lift up our humanity. He enters into the messiness of our experience, into our dysfunction, so as to rework it from the inside. He divinizes our flesh so as to, that our flesh might become participants in the divine life. He saves us from our sins and brings us into the promised land of eternal life today, now. This incarnation of God, as we have been celebrating these last days, is the beginning of a new order to creation. Yes, history is still pockmarked by suffering and death and brokenness. What then does Jesus bring? Simply put, Jesus brings God. Now in him we can know God. And this then is eternal life, that they might know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. So what can we take away from here? For this week. Let me offer an answer to the question by concluding with a story. So several years ago now, when I was a, a brand new baby Christian, I was sitting alone on a rooftop watching a beautiful sunset. Life was good. I had work, food in my tummy, my friends and family were well, and I had found new life in Jesus. I was in the middle of attending an Alpha course, actually, which, by the way, uh, Alpha will be starting here on the 22nd of January. Those are Wednesday nights at 6 o'clock. Uh, so I was attending an Alpha course right in the middle, and I was more and more and more excited about this gospel. And I was excited about this newfound relationship I had with God. So as I sat there on the rooftop enjoying the sunset, I sat there praising God. And then, God, in that quiet, I heard him clearly say to me that I will suffer. He told me that I will suffer. And I was a little shocked at first. A little shocked at first, but that soon gave way to an incredible sense of peace. I felt as if, as I sat on that rooftop alone, that I was the only person in the world and all God's attention was on me. And he was looking at me. And he knew me. And he was telling me that I would suffer, not as a warning to change course or disaster would strike, but rather God telling me that I would suffer was a promise that he knew and that he would be with me. So when suffering did inevitably come, and as it has come, I knew that he was with me, that his loving promise to me was not that I would avoid pain, but that he would be with me through it. We tell and retell these stories of what God has done and what he is doing so as to oil the gears of our listening that we might hear his voice. We tell and retell these stories so that we can see through them to the character of who God is. It is for us and for our salvation that he has done this. It is out of his love for us. So let us recognize that God sees us, that he does not abandon us in our distress. 
Jesus, the King of heaven himself, is God's loving response to us. So happy Christmas. Amen. Thank you for listening to the St. Nick's Durham podcast. If you would like to hear more sermons and teaching like this, then subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about St. Nick's, visit our website at stnicks.org.uk.